Every sport has their big, juicy controversy. Boxing has the Mike Tyson ear bite. Cycling has Lance Armstrong. Baseball has its steroid era. Curling has... Broomgate. It's a story of broken relationships, houses divided, corporate rivalry, and a performance-enhancing broom. It was a year I'd like to forget. Broomgate. Available now. Greetings again, everybody, and welcome to this breaking news edition of Inside Curling. Uh, We do it every week, but when breaking news happens, we're going to get on here and uh, bring it to you. Uh, We would like to acknowledge all of our sponsors, and they're great, uh, who are associated with Inside Curling. Uh, This special show is brought to you by Sports Interaction, Coyote Tractor, Goldline, Nestle Boost, and Meridian. Every sport has their big, juicy controversy. Boxing has the Mike Tyson ear bite. Cycling has Lance Armstrong. Baseball has its steroid era. Curling has... Broomgate. It's a story of broken relationships, houses divided, corporate rivalry, and a performance-enhancing broom. It was a year I'd like to forget. Broomgate. Available now. Well, folks, uh, hello again, everybody, and welcome to a special edition of Inside Curling. You know, when we started the podcast almost two years ago, we agreed uh, we'd bring you a regular weekly show for sure, but whenever something happened and that was newsworthy in the curling world, we would do an update show. Uh, And here's the type of breaking news that we're talking about. To the surprise of the curling world, Brendan Botcher tweeted out Friday evening that third Darren Molding would no longer be continuing with the Botcher team for the balance of the year. So to avoid speculation and to get exactly to the story and what took place, who better to ask than Brendan Botcher himself, and he joins us right now. Uh, Brendan, thanks a lot for dropping in to talk to us about this. Um, Let's get right to the chase, Brendan, and, and the obvious. What happened this week after you tweeted out that Darren would no longer be with the team? Bring us up to date. Yeah, thanks for thanks for having me on. I I appreciate the opportunity. You know, after the trials is done, I think every curling team uh, takes some time to reflect and and come up with how best to move forward into the second half of the season and and into the future. And I'd like to say, you know, there's never an ideal time to make changes. Um, as Skip, I I have a responsibility to ensure the right fit and the right chemistry on our team. And that's my focus going forward. I, I wanted to come on the podcast today partly to, you know, clarify our original statement. Um, there was a mention, uh, we used the phrase personal reasons in our initial release, and that was to open as many doors as possible for everyone, Darren included. And it was to uh, allow all of us to to take the high road and and paint the path forward that we you know we're excited to go down. Um, but I do regret any confusion. You know, I've been reading through the media a little bit, and the phrase "personal reasons" was linked to mental health struggles or um, hidden context or meaning there. And I I wanted to clarify that because I think it's absolutely important. 
Um, that was never my intention <laughs> by any means. Um, I, I wish nothing but the absolute best for Darren. He was an outstanding teammate for me over five years. I think um, we absolutely wouldn't have accomplished what, what we had without him. Um, and I hope that whether it's on the ice or off the ice, that he has just the absolute most happiness and success as possible. Um, so I wanted to, to come on the podcast today, share that, uh, obviously ask some questions, um, and ultimately say that the, the decision that was made was due to the chemistry on our team and, and the fit moving forward. Um, and I apologize for any confusion um, otherwise. So, Brendan, uh, so when Darren walked, I, 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 one of the media reports, and of course, you, nobody has talked to you, so you never know what exactly is going on. But um, when Darren walks up to the door to go to the team meeting, um, at that point, would you say Darren would have known what was going to occur in that meeting? Or was he side really surprised that, uh, that the team had decided to go this way? You know, it's hard for me to um, to put words in Darren's mouth or, or figure out how, how he was feeling. Um, I can provide some context that this in no way was a rash decision and it was no way focused on the result of the trials or the result of one event uh, at all. It wasn't uh, even a result of, you know, a string of events. It was a it was a calculated decision that the team and I made um, to best prepare for the season and for the future. Um, and as the leader of the team, I have a responsibility to do that. I have a responsibility to ensure the best chemistry on our team, to prepare for the Briar, the next five months, and really the next five years. So I wanted to to come on here today to, to clear the air around that, but I certainly don't want to speculate uh, how Darren was feeling walking into that meeting. Something written in a CP report uh, about the business structure of your curling team. So um, I knew quite a lot. I know quite a lot about that from over the years. Um, the financial uh, distribution of money, um, I'm, I'm assuming, I, what I'd like to hear from you, 25% per player uh, off the revenue side, uh, off the total profits? Yeah, 100% everything on our curling team was split four ways. Um, always has, always will be. <laughs> I, no. I would like to uh, stop there, though. I, I really don't think my goal here today is to get into the weeds of really the conversation in general or, you know, how, how we structure our curling team. I, I thought it was important to come here today to clarify the, the press release um, to give everyone, you know, the best opportunity to move forward in a positive light as possible. Um, and, and that's, uh, that's what I came here to do, but absolutely everything on, on our curling team is split four ways. Okay. One other part about that though, that has been brought up in the media. So, you know, I'd love to see if you can, uh, just put some, some light on it. And I think it's a pretty easy answer. It's just, but it hasn't been easy in the media and that's just making sure that I guess transparency of the, of the curling business is clear with all four players. I think that's really important uh, with Karg, Brad, Darren, and yourself uh, over the five years that that all players do know on a constant basis what's going on on the business side of the sheet. I think that that's really important to, to make sure that everybody knows that. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree with you more, Kevin. And certainly from my from my perspective and, and from my guys' perspective, um, I feel like we've we've done that. 
Um, it's something that's important to me. You know, everyone has to feel like they're <laughs> like they're a part of the team. They have to understand what that means. I think what people often um, maybe don't put all the pieces together when they think about curling is that unlike a lot of other uh, professional sports, we don't have an owner and we don't have a general manager. And we also don't have a back office team of communications people, marketing people, legal people, accounting people to, to run that formal structure of the business. All that lands on us, the athletes. And I think there's moments where that um, that's tough. <laughs> In all honesty, it really is tough because uh, really our focus should be 100% on the ice. It should be in trying to get the most out of ourselves and our teammates and doing everything we possibly can to win. And then on the flip side, we're also accountable to all the rest of that structure that you know a lot of other sports teams have folks to help them with. So I think that's um, that's something I've definitely learned from this experience, um, and and I hope we can carry forward into the future. I'd like to jump in with something that uh, <clears throat> leads into this, and of course, in my era, Brendan, nothing has changed. These same type of things were happening a long time ago, and they've never been easy, and it's always been on the backs of the team. And I was very involved in the introduction of coaches to curling, and I thought that coaches would slowly start to play a bigger role in the structure and the management of teams. And I guess probably over 40 years, I'm still looking and not sure things have changed a lot with curling. It's a, it's a very interesting situation because in sport where there's coaches, they usually put together the teams, and in curling it's the skip, and the skip and the team that sort of select the coach. So Don Bartlett is your coach. And I guess uh, I need to ask a question. In this whole decision, everything you're doing here, was Don involved in any way is the first question I'd like to ask you? So the answer to that question is yes. When I reference the the team, our team includes Don. I want to be very clear about that. Um, and I would agree with you, um, Warren. I think the um, <clears throat> not much has changed in many decades in terms of that coaching role. And I think there's definitely an opportunity there for that role to be a bit of a hybrid between a coach and a general manager um, that possibly could take some of the heat off some of the athletes and, and allow us to focus on really what we're there, what we're there to do. Um, curling's tough though, because often the, the four players get together, shake hands, and then the players hire the coach which is backwards compared to many other sports where you'd have a general manager who hires a coach who hires players. So uh, just the way teams are formed in curling is a little bit different. And I think that's part of why that coaching role is defined a little bit different. Unfortunately, that means that um, the, the coach is involved in decision-making 100%, but uh, often they're not the ones uh, leading the leading the decisions or really driving the ship that that comes back to the skip. Yeah, the other factor that comes into this picture, and that's curling Canada, and you're one of the, I believe, half a dozen or so high performance men's teams that's under their wing. Are they involved in any way, shape, or form today in helping you putting together teams or giving you direction in any way, shape, or form, or is it all pretty much left up to you guys? Where, where, where's that sit? You know, Curling Canada is outstanding. The The staff they have, the support, uh, the resources, it, it's all outstanding. Um, and I'm very thankful and grateful for all the support we do get. Um, and I reach out quite quite often, uh, even just to bounce ideas off a lot of the staff there. 
Um, Curling Canada does take a hands-off approach uh, in terms of forming teams. So they allow teams to form on their own and battle it out on the ice. And, you know, the teams that are successful that rise to the top, they include in their national team program. Um, and, and on we go. But uh, no, Curling Canada is not involved specifically in forming teams. Do you think maybe they should be more involved? I, I can go back to when we started all this thing back in 1987 and we ran development camps for the first trials. And we started an evaluation process on the players that was fairly thorough. But at the end of the day, each player that attended those camps kind of knew where they sat with regard to the technical aspects, the psychological aspects, the whole strategy aspects, sweeping. There was a, there was a number they had uh, in, in their pocket. And, of course, that was discontinued, which that system, I felt, would have helped begin to give players something to grab onto and maybe start to head towards the direction of the sport at the national level, helping to, to structure teams. Do you think something of that nature uh, would be uh, good to be reinvented, or what's your thoughts about all that? So I, I do see the merits of that approach. If you look at other uh, sports, that's probably the structure that a lot of them use. So you could think of Hockey Canada pulling together a camp, getting all their top athletes out there, and then selecting athletes for a World Junior Championship or an Olympic team or however they want to go about that. Um, it's the organization that has a, a rather heavy hand in, in choosing the team. Curling's always been a little bit unique because it's a, a small team sport. So I think that interpersonal dynamic between all the players is more important. And unfortunately, that means the players are, are given a lot more latitude to form teams on their own. Um, you have seen that model, though, used quite a lot internationally. So I would say many of the international teams are formed um, in a much more structured environment by their association. Um, I, I'm not really sure which side of the fence I land on, you know, good or bad. It's hard in Canada as well because we have so many elite athletes. And uh, Curling Canada would have a, a heck of a time getting us all in a room and, and picking some of us and, and leaving some of us. So in some ways, it's, it's uh, easier to, to let us all battle it out on the ice and then select the winners from there. Um, but I do understand the, the merits of the other side as well. I think lots of international uh, associations have done that model quite well. Brendan, you had mentioned the, the reason for it. Um, and, and listen, it's not the first time that, that teams have broken up. Uh, you know, it happens, it happens all the time. You had mentioned, you know, the chemistry of the team uh, wasn't where you wanted it to be. Was this something with Darren that was a power struggle or that you began to have disagreements on strategy or whatever? You know, chemistry is a tough one. Um, I think it is in all sports. You, you have chemistry until you don't. And then yeah, one day you realize you no longer have chemistry and, and you try and get it back. And, and all of a sudden you have a hard time figuring out how to get it back. And I think lots of, um, lots of professional sports teams, lots of curling teams r run into the same struggle where uh, you wake up one day and you just decide, you know, the chemistry just isn't there anymore and, and it's time to make a change. And I think that's where we landed. I, I can't point to one one incident or one series of things or or, or one um, fundamental thing on our team that's changed in the last couple months that would have led to this. You know, we just woke up and decided the chemistry wasn't where we wanted. Um, and I have a responsibility to the team as well 
to uh, get the best product we can out there, prepare for the briar, prepare for the rest of the season, um, and prepare for the next four years after that. So um, saying it's chemistry, I don't think is a cop-out at all. Uh, I, I truly think that's the truth. Um, and it's hard to, it, it's really hard in sport, I think, to put your finger on um, how to how to get that chemistry and how to keep it. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I'll tell have you, you what, made... Brennan, uh, oh, go One ahead, way. Well, you know, uh, you talk about chemistry and players and so on, and I, I got to ask you straight out, uh, who's on your short list to, uh, to replace Darren? Because in my opinion, there's quite a, there's going to be some shakeups this year. Uh, team Epping, of course, a dreadful year. Uh, team Horgan, I don't see that lasting. Team Dunstone, of course. Team Cooey, bound to be some stuff happening there. And even Team, team Jacobs, uh, in my opinion, is probably going to have some changes. So, there in the men's curling, it's going to be some shuffling of the deck, and I think you probably caused the deck to get shuffled awful quick. Um, what do you think? Who's on your short list? What's going on? Well, um, you know, I've spent some time here talking about fit and talking about chemistry, and and it's important to me that we we nail that. And I'm going to take the time it takes to really vet out uh, who the who the person is that, that we're going to ask to join us and, you know, what the future is going to look like. I don't want to rush that decision because that chemistry is, is just so important. Um, I can say that, you know, the decision we made that Darren was no longer going to be with us was not because we had someone waiting in the wing. It wasn't because we, we had someone we were trying to get on the team. So I, I guess right now I'm just doing some reflection. I'm working with my guys, and we're really trying to nail down that the next person that can join us that can really contribute and add to that team chemistry and really excite us to get back out there and continue being successful. Uh, is, is there a drop-dead date uh, when you look ahead at the schedule? Uh, Brendan's saying, okay, I want to have a team ready for a, an event that is coming up. Have you, have you picked that date? Uh, that you have an absolute that we got to feel the team to get going again. Yeah, and, and I'm aware as well that um, when lineup changes are made in, in a season, <laughs> you know, often you're you're rushed to to pick the path forward a little quicker than maybe you would have otherwise. I think it's worth noting as well that you know how Darren joined our team five years ago was because we lost a player at Christmas. So you know we've come full circle here, and now we're in the same situation again. We do have the luxury this year as a team um, in not having to compete in playdowns. So usually at this time of the year, you're you're in crunch time because you're registering a team to play in Northerns to get to Provincials to try and get to the Briar. And we, we do have the luxury this year that we're Team Canada. We get to put the Maple Leafs on our back at the Briar. Um, and that gives us a little bit more time to really vet out the options and make sure we pick a good path because ultimately it's that briar in March that we want to be want to be ready and and hopefully playing our best with the new roster. Uh Brendan, we do, we do know this these these things are not a bunch of fun when they happen uh and and I'm sure it wasn't uh that for you at all. We really appreciate you you coming on and uh and explaining this to us uh to bring people up to date and um maybe maybe Kevin can come back and play for you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, I appreciate the opportunity to come on and uh, say my truth a little bit. I would also add, you know, uh, I understand that this is hard. It's hard for all of us. I think Kevin can uh, empathize here. 
there's there's never an easy way to do this and there's never a way you do this where everyone walks away from the table and feels good it's just hard and and that's okay i, I really think that's okay so uh, we're all gonna get through this i i know my guys are are excited for the rest of the year i know darren's excited for what his future holds and i just want all of us to be successful whether that's on the ice off the ice um we're really good people all of us and and i hope we can all find ways to be happy here in the future yeah i guess before quickly before you go then uh, you had mentioned you know you're going to take your time with this that that sounds like a smart idea um when this happened on friday when everyone learned about this uh brendan did did you get contacted or have you been contacted by other players who would might be interested in playing for your team you know, I, I'm not willing to to add to the speculation mill right now. Um, I, I had tons of people reach out to me to to offer thoughts, to offer support, to offer assistance, to uh, to to just be there for me and for the team. And I'm so so grateful and thankful for all of those people. And I, I said earlier, um, you know, the decision with Darren was not a decision to take someone else immediately. So I guess that was kind of pre-baked and I really wasn't focused on, on who the next person was at that moment. I was focused on taking care of business and making sure, you, you know, we had all the doors open here moving into the future. Right on, Brendan. Th- thanks a million for coming on and best of luck. Best of luck with this. It's uh, again, it can't be easy. Um, so we wish you continued success, but we will be watching uh, to see what happens with your team. Thanks again, Brendan. Excellent. Thank you. Hey, thanks, Brendan. Well, boys, there it is. Uh, great job, uh, Kevin, for... Uh, corralling Brendan uh, to, to get on and talk about this. There was a lot of speculation happening. There was a lot of pushback. Uh, a lot of people in the media talking about it. Um, what did you think, Kevin, uh, about what Brendan had to say about dismissing Darren Molding? Yeah, you know what? It's unfortunate, but these things do happen in sports where you do have to make team changes. You know, for the last, well, almost two years, uh, we've been talking about different things in curling. And one that we brought up, I don't know how many times on, on this podcast, is the need for a team owner or president or general manager somehow where the skip doesn't have to do this, where you bring into a meeting. If you have a, a professional general manager or owner, they know how to do this. They know how to to structure this statement like that the the statement that was put out was really the root cause of of most of this back and forth that we've been seeing and so you know what um changing teams that that, that's just going to happen naturally teams just run out of gas and you need to make changes that's not a problem but it has to be a little bit more organized and it's difficult for players to do it because they're not taught how to do it and, you know, this is just something uh, that the, the sport needs to look at an individual team so that uh, it's done a little bit smoother because that is certainly uh, not the case here. It was not smooth. Right. Warren, what do you think of what Brendan said about it? Yeah, I agree with Kevin. I, I think from dealing uh, media relations for 30 years of my life with Curling Canada, I think you've got to be careful when you stand out and look the media and I that what you say is factual and it's correct because 
If it isn't, they will find out real quick. So you can't stand up there and say things that are, you know, not 100% accurate. I think, again, as Kevin suggested, curling is in this unique position. And I'm going back to being involved with this stuff back in the early 80s when we started to try to change the way things are being done because I could see the vision of this sport's going to get bigger and the skip having to be the coach, the manager, the bottle washer is just putting too much pressure on them along with being the person who has to direct the team and direct the game. It'd be like saying in a game of football, the quarterback is going to be the guy that decides the other Uh, 11 players on the field and if somebody's not performing he's the one that's going to determine who's going to get booted he's going to determine everything and and the pressure in that whole situation on skips is enormous so i'd hope by this time going forward as kevin had suggested there would be coaches initially that would be more in charge of teams than they are And, and i find it interesting i can see a coach being very sorry beholden to a skip because it's the skip who's hired them so uh, it, it, it's a difficult situation, and, and I hope as as we move forward that things will start to happen quicker with regard to these teams being, in my opinion, properly managed and directed. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brendan holds his cards pretty pretty close to his chest. You know, we, we tried to get specific with him, uh, Kevin, uh, and he said, you know, it's chemistry. And in his words, uh, I don't want to get further into the weeds of this thing. Um, when you hear that, Kevin... Um, you're the barometer here for 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 curlers. Uh, what, what do you think happened? What, what, what do you think when they say the chemistry? Uh, bring us inside oh. there a little bit. And what, what what do you think he means by that? Yeah, well, just sitting back and watching um, this team this fall and at the trials, there's no question that the chemistry had broken. You know, there there's no there's absolutely no no doubt about that. But when when Brennan uh, doesn't want to get in the weeds. You know, right away, I think, oof, well, I think there's no question Brendan's been talking to some people. There's certainly, uh, you know, I tried to get a short list out of <laughs> Brendan, but failed miserably. Um, but there is a short list. There is probably a group of three or four players that Brendan is talking to on an hourly basis right now and trying to figure out probably before Christmas. Um, now, there is a Banff event that the team was going to go in. Um, I think it starts on the 17th of December. So, you know, that's kind of a date where it certainly be if, if you're in, you know, in the changing of the team, you'd want to walk on that ice with the new team so you can get a game in before you hit the uh, Grand Slam mm-hmm. event in Camrose in middle of January. So that's sort of, I guess, in the back of my mind, I have no reason to think any of this other than my experience in doing exactly what's going on here. Unfortunately, it's just something that has to happen in sport when uh, the chemistry runs out on a team. If if I'm Darren Molding, Kevin and Warren, there's a there's a part of me that's saying, well, wait a minute here, pal. I earned my way to the briar. Uh, well, you, you can't do this to me, and uh, I've I've got I've got the right to be there, and um, I, I, I I I might have get a sense, you know, that's what I'd want to say, you know, you, it's it's Absolutely. I'm not going to accept it. I'm not going to accept it, pal. Yeah. Right. That's right, and I'm sure that's the way Darren feels. That's absolutely, you know, and. Uh, I'm, I'm sure Darren's mad about it because, you know, you work your whole life and then they, they won the Briar and now you get to go back as Team Canada. And uh, and uh, and that, now that's not happening. So, the, well, yes, dead, yes, but, <laughs> but, it, but it happens. It's a <laughs> you topic. don't want it to happen, but it happens. A topic for another day, Team Canada. Is it time for that to be eliminated and to take a different approach to life with regard to who's going to play in the Briar? Uh, but I think that's part of the problem. You've got to keep a team together 
for a whole year. They're allowed to make one change, which again is, again, under what circumstances can they make that change? So topic for another show. Absolutely. Uh, well, thank you to Brendan uh, for coming on, and thanks again to our sponsors, Sports Interaction Coyote Tractor, Goldline, Nestle Boost, and Meridian for uh, you know supporting curling all the way along and supporting this show, our regular shows, and, of course, this special edition. So there you go, fellas. Uh, boy, it's getting juicy, Kev. <laughs> the, uh, lots of great, exciting news. We certainly appreciate him coming on and you know providing this breaking news and, and, a, and a response to this. So later on today, it would only be fair if Darren Molding uh, got a chance to come on, and we are going to do that later on today coming up. <laughs>